Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, y'all, I got a really special episode for you today with uh, the infamous Jean-Claude, a.k.a. Julius Xavier, a.k.a. G., um, an incredible artist based in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, he's a graphic designer. He is also a fine artist making incredibly powerful collages and drawings and paintings. Um, and he's also studying to get his license in art therapy as well. And our discussion today um, was really centered on this idea of healing, the idea of our own healing journeys and how we have to become really engaged in our own healing process but also in this idea of using art as a vehicle for our own transformation and for our healing as well. Um, we talked a lot about his, his own personal history and his journey for his own healing and how art played such a significant role in that, um, but also what it means to be an artist in this sort of uh, world we're living in today and how we can play that role for helping others on their healing journey um, through the work that we do. Um, so it's just a really inspired conversation, one that's really left me feeling so good inside and so sort of hopeful and just inspired for the future and also more cognizant of my own healing journey. I'm going to be thinking a lot over the next few days just about the personal journey I've been on in healing myself and how art has played a pivotal role for me um, as well. So he's just a really powerful, magnetic, and also super humble and down-to-earth human being who just had a lot of beauty um, and wisdom to share with us. So I hope you all really enjoy it out there. Um, so here you go, infamous John claude a.k.a. Julius Xavier, a.k.a. G, um, my new real good friend. Um, enjoy the conversation, y'all. Peace. All right, Julius, aka the infamous John Claude. Welcome to the yes, podcast, sir. man. Good morning. How are on? you? Doing well, doing well. Kind of a shaky morning when it comes to like just waking up and get myself like charged for the day. But overall, I feel good and I feel feel well, man. Nice, man. Yeah, I gotta find every day we gotta ease into the day a little differently, depending on the day before or you know, how we slept or whatever happened. You know, we gotta be sensitive and take our time entering into this world. I feel like, um, sometimes I have a little kid, I have a four-year-old and sometimes uh, he doesn't let, he doesn't let that happen, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's ready to rock and roll at six 30, right. man. Well, right. I'm super grateful to be here and share space with you. And, um, I'm really interested in a lot of aspects to your art making. Cause I know you're a designer, graphic designer, illustrator, but you're also making these incredibly epic collages, these neoglyphs and paintings. I mean, you you kind of do so many things. And one component to your work that really drew me into it is this idea of healing and how healing has really driven your creative process and sort of helped align you in your career as an artist. And I was wondering if we could start off maybe talking about like what that means for you, you know, in terms of like how we can use cre our creativity our creative outputs as a form of healing ourselves. Yes. Um, for me, growing up, I've always been somewhat of a uh, sociable introvert. I've always mm -hmm. had space where I just need to be by myself. I didn't really get those elements when I was younger. So it kind of made me feel like an outcast. 
Um, but what I would do, I would like uh, connect with art um, that gave me a space of like imagination, but also just like getting those thoughts of like overwhelmness or I guess formed anger, whatever you want to call it, um, onto the paper, canvas, whatever I was using at the time. And before I really knew it was healing me, it was healing me, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, just different colors I was using, the way I was doing the line work, what I was drawing, it was very abstract, even back then, but not as powerful as it is now, but because I've gotten to a balanced space of um, what I do, but back then I was just, just drawing just things I felt resonated with me to like make sure I didn't just get too overwhelmed. Um, yeah. Uh, I just always felt, why, why am I different? You know, I think some people get, especially if you're a creative, you get to that point. It's like, people are cool with me, but like, they're still like, why is G by itself? Why, what they, it makes you question yourself. Um, mm. Most of the time being an individual is one of the most powerful things you can be. A lot of people follow other people to like show they're accepted, but just really honing in your space and knowing that you can do things by yourself. People gravitate or inspire by that without without saying saying it a lot of times they'll project what they can't do on top of on top of what you're doing so yeah man something i learned over time is that just be yourself um yeah it's, it's one of the most powerful things that you can do and i think what kept me going is even though people would always say things like um you're weird or why are you by yourself and stuff like that they would still be like your art's cool yeah. So I, I was like, I have something, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's something powerful about what I'm doing. I, I was blessed with this gift. I know, well, I didn't know, but I know that it was healing me. Yeah. It keep, giving me, uh, uh, giving me a foundation to like, make sure I'm, I'm just comfortable within. Um, it also showed that people see what you, you got because the art is part of you. For sure. Um, I agree just, with that. Just an element that you can't really express vocally sometimes, but they can see like your thought process and just in a different way. So it just, it's always been something that I've had, even as a little kid, my parents uh, told me a story um, when I was in kindergarten where the teacher was like, draw a uh, fire truck. And most mm-hmm. kids typically, um, they said, Everybody had the 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 square as a truck with the circle, and they got to my picture. I had the dog, I had the fire hose, I had like <laughs> I had like everything. They're like, okay, like he's got something going on. There's, yeah, there's the creative element in his body. So um, that's from so that cool. Age, um, I was blessed with parents who like didn't force, but also um, pushed that uh, perspective on me. If there was like an art class and I wanted to go, they let me go. Yeah. It was a it was a carving class, whatever. They asked me, you want to do it? And they they opened the space for me to do it. So I was blessed with ooh, parents who nurtured that gift for me um, and didn't never stifle it um, as a creative. And I'm, I'm super blessed that they opened that space for me. Yeah, man. It's so special to have that support, you know, from the people you love. A yeah. lot of times, like, you know, our, you know, we can have this idea about like what we think our parents want from us, you know? Mm-hmm. And in some circumstances, the parent, the parent role can come in and be forceful and try to create the kids in their own image, you know, as opposed to um, holding space and guiding them to discover themselves, you know, and that is always a blessing, especially when you're, you're gifted with such creativity um, from such a young age, like to be able to nurture that is, 
essential. You know, I feel like I can totally relate to what you're saying. Um, this idea of being both like sociable, but like introverted, you know, like, um, I personally look at myself in that way, in some sense, like this, I have this extroverted quality, like I can be extroverted, but I need my introversion too, you know, kind of like, I need, like to, I need, I need to like, uh, I didn't understand these, I guess these terms or whatever, um, yeah. until I got, just did like, I guess, research and just finding things that resonated with me is like, I need to recharge. Yeah. I didn't get it. Cause like, I'll be around people when I'm cool, but then I'll get home. Like, why am I so tired, man? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then I'll figure it out. Like, just like, my body and just my, 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 my space as a person just, uh, absorbed a lot of energy. Um, yes, exactly. I, I didn't know how I like, pr protect it sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. I just let people in because I guess I'm just, I've always been like a thinker and like mm -hmm. a empathetic person. Um, just like, I guess, cause we'll get into that, I guess later, but like just going through my, um, my story and, and certain things I've, I've been able to open up a space of like, even if somebody was being, me or whatever i'm like what is going on with them beyond that i don't know yeah man so i was like even though like i didn't get it sometimes i would be like okay they're yelling at me but what why what got them to that point and wanted to get mad at me when i'm not yelling maybe mm -hmm. something's going on at home maybe they had a bad day at work maybe yeah. so i would like mentally break that down so i think even though people would get mad at me i'll see them again and they would just shift because yeah. like I want to be mad at you, but it's can't. Yeah, like, <laughs> what's going on, man? So, oh man, those are uh, such important questions to yeah. ask. You know, yeah. toward you know humans, like we get so caught up in our projections about what we think is going on, and mm. then we base our emotional response or reactivity to our own projection of that person's circumstance. It's like a whole weird mind game. Right. It's like a house right. of mirrors we play with. So. Just right. even like you, like asking yourself that question, I think automatically shifts the energy in your consciousness. And I think people, people can feel that, you know, even yeah. if they can't put their fingerprint on it, you know, um, it's so important. And yeah, the, the draining feeling like, you know, I, I think about it as an energetic exchange and people who are more empathic and really sensitive to other people's energies and who are um, kind of just like resonating and receptive on these subtler levels. They, if you don't protect your energy and know how to set boundaries um, with your energy, you can be drained by others. You know, they can just drain you of your energy. And that's why you feel like you need that like quiet space, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's something you learn as you mature, you know, like as mm. you've gotten older, um, you, as you become more conscious of these qualities that you have in your energetic sensitivity, you learn how to, how to protect it and protect your boundaries. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think also for me is um, a lot of times in my solitude, um, it gave me a lot of like self-awareness, but also like being a, my own personal therapist. So like, mm -hmm. what's going on? Like, can I, I can add this, I can take this away. Um, this this might work for who I am in my journey. Just just a lot of reflection. Sometimes that can be too much. <laughs> I will say, that. <laughs> yeah. but um, it, I think it's good to have solitude and just understand that you're just a human trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also important um, if things get out of hand to get an outside perspective, um, outside of your family and friends because there's a lot of bias when it comes yeah. to because they want to they, they they know you. Yeah. So to have somebody that's on the outside looking in, 
with the more a uh, clinical but also uh, unbiased perspective. Yeah, man, definitely. Because yeah. it's interesting, you know, like the people that we love the most, like most, like our family members, our really close friends that we've known for many, many, many years, mm. have seen us. Um, it kind of through these different iterations of ourself, you know what I right. mean? As we evolve. Right. However, right. sometimes I, I find what happens and I used to struggle with this a lot more than I do now, just because I become more aware of what's going on. But a lot of times, for example, like your parents or like your closest friends will look at you in the same way. Like you're the same person when you were like really tight in the early days, right, you know right. what I mean? Like they can't necessarily see your evolved self anymore. And they kind of hold you in this crystallized version of how you were as a teenager or mm -hmm. how you were as like, as like in your early twenties, but like, you know, as you get older, you hopefully are growing and maturing. And sometimes like I can, you know, especially when I was younger, I used to get a little frustrated with my parents because I felt like I was never seen as a person I'm becoming and the person I've become. And I was right. always being held in this version of myself that is no longer there. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I think in, in my, I guess, theory or perspective is that most people, how can I explain it? They get stuck in this idea of what fits in their journey mm -hmm. without letting space for it to evolve. So especially for like, I think parents, a lot, a lot of their mindset is stuck in like, the kid years of their, their children. Mm -hmm. So their mind is like, this is how I want them to be. Cause when they grow up, they're going to leave the nest. Mm -hmm. I got to shift my, my uh, nurturing to a different element. Um, yeah. Like more of a support than like a, a coddling type yeah. situation. So the love is not lost just in a different way. So I guess, you know, how some people get stuck in like a certain age range, like mm -hmm. the mindset because they, they feel this is where they, they peak sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that's the same thing with people connected with people like if you're ever evolving either they get nervous or anxious about it because they don't know how to interact with it or they're not willing to uh shift their perspective to help meet what's going on with your perspective like, yeah the journeys together man for sure and so that's why it's really important to have like an objective unbiased person you know everyone has their bias in some level but it's not attributed to like a past relationship with yeah. you, you know? And right. so for you, like studying to be a therapist, I mean, you are, you are preparing yourself to play this role for people. And I think in a time where, you know, I think mental, there's always been a crisis in mental health, you know, for a long time. And especially we're seeing it now, but people are becoming more open to talking about going to therapy and getting help and being able to um, recognize when they can't do it on their own. And I think that is a really important and beautiful thing, you know, um, and for you on your journey to be uh, a facilitator of healing for people in this way. Um, and I think it's important that you like really come to terms with your own healing journey, you know, like I think of the uh, Carl Jung and like this idea of like the wounded healer of souls, you know, it's like a healer right. has to, has to heal their own wounds before they can be there to hold space with others. And they have to go through their dark night of the soul kind of thing. This archetype of, of like the psyche, you know what I'm saying? Most, most, most definitely for me yeah. is um, I, I like, like I was talking about earlier, I was definitely was my own art therapist, but it wasn't like licensed. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, mm -hmm. I, was, I was healing myself through my art and just understanding what, what, what is going on with my brain? Like what, <laughs> what, what is all this? Uh, I'm dealing with what, what are these symbols that I'm creating all these different things 
And then eventually I was like, I need to get this cultivated to a space where it doesn't get out of hand. Yeah. I was like, let me, let me, let me just settle down and go to therapy. Yeah. I've been in therapy now going on seven years. And then I just started um, my schooling uh, two years ago. So I, I made sure, like you said, to start my journey before I wanted to step in to help others because I didn't want to be a broken element trying to help other people you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah man i'm not saying i'm fully healed but it means it's, it's, it's a journey to continue exactly heal parts of yourself that um you're figuring out over time because it's, it's so life is complex it's not like <laughs> an easy thing to to figure out so um every day i'll learn something i'll i'll get taught a te- technical term through my um teachings in school and then i'll go to my therapist and kind of like work work with it like okay i learned this term yeah that happened in, in my past as a kid or my 20s whatever let's talk about it you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah man i want to make sure i'm the best i can be so when when it's time for me to come in i can mold all the things i've learned into the way i feel is best to help the people that i need to help without yeah, man. very um clinical or like too overwhelming because even for me i want to come dressed like this you know what i'm saying yeah um, in a space where they're comfortable, um, they don't feel overwhelmed. It's not like you're being um, uh, dictated or anything like that. I just want you to be able to fully express, but also be as comfortable as possible to get your ideas. I'm just on the back end, just uh, I guess I guess I'm just a watcher of just yeah. get this figured out together. But if yeah. you need, I'm here to help you. Um, it's like a space holder, you know. It's like you're holding that space. And and at the same time, you have knowledge of the maps, yeah, of the space, of the psyche, of the soul, of the spirit. You know, like of how consciousness has to evolve out of its old patterns that are not serving it. You know what I mean? Like right. we've right. all we've all inherited so many behavioral patterns, patterns of thinking, um, and a lot of times, many of those patterns are not helping us or useful for us. But it's hard to break those cycles and. So someone like you or like your own therapist for yourself, like holds that space in a way where you can begin to see those patterns like outside of them and then right. be able to dismantle them and create better versions of them, I guess, so to More speak, you good. know, it's like holding that space. But to your point, like, you know, like you said, like your healing journey is not over. Like, mm-hmm. and I I think that's such an important point for people to realize, like, there is no like end point to our growth. I, I feel like, you know, I feel like we can, there are always deeper levels in which we can heal ourselves and become more of a conduit and an, uh, an openness for others healings. You know what I mean? Like when we start to let go of our attachments to the way we think things should be or are, and we are open to whatever becomes revealed that we hadn't seen yet. You know, I love that phrase that people say, like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you right. know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like the more you're on this journey of like expanding your consciousness and becoming more open, the more you realize you don't know sh- shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Most it's definitely. Like, it's, yeah. Um, it's crazy to even think about because once you, when I say you, you're constantly healing, once you get into a space where you're like really tuned in um, that uh, I guess realm of like healing becomes very spiritual um, and then it can turn into um, 
unfortunately like an egotistical, egotistical space mm-hmm. where like you feel like you're you're better than other people because you've been doing your work. Yeah. You gotta you gotta bring it down and realize like this is you. You're you're just one human. You you got elements that are, are good, but you're not better than anybody else. Exactly. Everybody, everybody's going through different things. And th- th- I think that's one thing that gets kind of shaky in the um the spiritual realm of like art is like some people think, oh, because I've did this much work that I'm better than you. No, no. Mm-hmm. Everybody unlocks certain things at certain times and we're all learning from each other and figuring things out as we go along. And we can we can be a collective more than a uh uh, a categorized uh space you know what I'm amen saying? dude amen man like because the ego is always it's it's a tricky component to our minds it's always looking for a way to hijack something great right and make right. it its own you know it's um, I, it's I, sneaky like that i think I, i've learned i guess in the last i want to say 10 years when people say uh kill the ego um for me, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then eventually I was like, no, don't kill the ego, cultivate it. Because if you didn't have yeah. ego, we wouldn't have the the strength to like go talk to that girl or mm-hmm. have that nervous thing to like eventually uh, meet up with, with a whole bunch of people you don't want to meet up with to like go to a party, like, or like just, or push you through depression. You know, yeah. you go to like help you move through things. Um, yeah. As part of your, your consciousness. Um, yeah. Yeah. The ego, yeah, the ego is like, um, I said this before in a previous podcast, but it's so good and so important. It's this phrase, uh, like the ego is a, an incredible servant, but a terrible master, yeah. you know, it's yeah. there to help us. Like if you didn't have an ego, you would just be floating in bliss through the streets right. and you get hit by a bus. Boom. Right. Right. Like, uh, I forget Where? who said it. Someone said you need enough ego not to walk in the middle of the street, and get hit by a car. You know, yeah. like yeah. it's important. You know, it's super important to play this game of life. Mm-hmm. But like, it can if it's driving the car, it's going to take you down some rough roads. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It's got to yeah. be. It's got to. It's like a tool in your toolbox. You know, but it's not the whole. It's not the creation. You know what I right. mean? Right, um, right. And so that's, I think, one of the trickier parts, too, like you're saying, with the when you get into spirituality, uh, there's this phrase a lot of people throw around like spiritual bypassing or kind of using spiritual experience or knowledge as a way to bolster the ego as opposed to a way to um, harness it and put it in its in its healthy, proper role. Right. Um, and so you see a lot of that and you especially see a lot of that in art. You know, I mean, as artists, we're we have big egos we got to deal with and this idea of competitiveness in art is something that makes me very ill to think yeah, about yeah. which is one of the impetuses behind why i even started this whole project is to create a sense of collectiveness and community and shared information to be able to create these kinds of connections and see that we're all like on this journey working for the same goal of like growing the collective consciousness you know right. and right. art is our tool is our medium to right. to do that but you know it's uh in the capitalist game it's it's you know eat or be eaten kind of thing and uh dog eat dog kind of world like what they say and i think all that is a bunch of bs it's a construct that we've just accepted and i think it's up to us to come together and start to envision new paradigms yeah. you know new new idioms that speak to where we really should go you know yeah. what i mean yeah, because, yeah, don't get me wrong, like, we all want to, uh, especially as creatives, we all want to live 
through our art. But definitely, I think once there's different um, categories and layers when it comes to money, the ego can get very shifty, man. So, but mm-hmm. oh, yeah, if we step back and realize we're all like trying to hopefully um, just gain space and understand that we're blessed enough to get our thoughts out in a very unique and beautiful way that that can be more powerful than the money. Cause for sure, I'm, I'm not trying to be, uh, I guess <laughs> hippie about it, but <laughs> money is like exchange of energy. We, we are, yes. we are the currency. Definitely. Uh, without the gift, there will be no money to exchange. Mm-hmm. So we're just trading this piece of paper or coins or whatever um, to like, uh, a trade, a trade. Exactly, like, man. I'll give you this beautiful experience of something I've been through. Thank you for the money so I can pay rent, eat some mm-hmm. food, let me go to a fine dining restaurant. You know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly, man. Yeah, there's a balance, you know, like everything is, is has to find its sort of dynamic form of balance. Like, yeah. I think when I look at the landscape of the world that we're creating right now for better and worse, I think I see that there's room for everybody to succeed. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a zero sum game. It's like there we there's room for everybody to find that sustainability and build the life that they want to live. But there's a lot of obstacles out there that have been put in place. A lot of them intentionally, a lot of them unconsciously. Mm. And uh, I think collectively, what we're seeing right now in our landscape, um, especially in America, is like we are having to sift through a lot of, of the shit. Mm. And, um, and I'm hoping that we can find some wisdom as we move through this process. Right. You know, I think, yeah, like our art um, can be catalyst of change without us realizing it just because as much as people might um, take art as more like gallery work and um, I guess like things like that, arts everywhere from advertising to how the mm-hmm. buildings are made and all that we can the way things are made and seen shift how people act yes so they can be more tapped into that space and um like i said come in to, together as a collective and just start just shifting things slowly i think there'll be change in the world hopefully um in the near future, man, because it's been a lot of chaos since uh, the pandemic. Yeah, man. And, um, a lot of people, unfortunately, kind of started unraveling. <laughs> and um, we just, we got to like start healing people. Um, yeah, man. It, it starts it starts with with comfortability. So I think just things like looking at art and um, things like that, just to slowly get them to want to be open to create change for themselves, uh, will be the best bet instead of jumping in the face like go to therapy because that, that becomes very um uh almost like bully bullying a little bit or taxing because some people might add a bad experience with therapy some people mm-hmm. are scared to unpack too early um but if you can even though people don't realize it a lot of times people can look at art and that could just start shifting them or thinking certain things because the way it looks yeah. those, colors, those colors can bring back a memory um that visual can make them be like something just clicks where they're like, Oh man, like I do need to get help. Yeah. So we're just, we're, we're powerful. We're um, alchemists. If you mm-hmm. want to do that in some forms of fashion and we just got to be conscious and uh, organized on how we create, but also freeing in our ideas. So things don't get uh, 
diluted in the in the world of like like you said capitalism and mm-hmm. just being your purest form so other people can be their purest form yeah man that's such a good point you know it's like you got to live you got to live the example you know, you're trying to set, you know, that you want to see. And, um, and it's hard work, you know, it's not like, um, it's not like a pristine road. It's, it's always going to be challenging, but there's a level of like perspective, I think that you can cultivate that helps you traverse the, the difficult terrain that sometimes you come across. Um, and art is sort of can be a process of navigation, through those terrains, you know, um, but it can also be like a sign to say, eh, take the left here, don't go right. You know, right. I've been right. to the right, it's not good, but the left is right. actually all right, you know. Right. So, like, it can serve as like a signpost too to help, you know, point people in toward a trajectory that um, could be helpful for them in their own healing, even if they're not aware of it. I think a lot of things happen within um, any form of art, like, even like you're talking about, like advertising, architecture the design, the clothes wear, the way that we express ourselves in the street, um, out in the world, um, art hanging on walls. Like it's speaking to many layers of, of the psyche and of consciousness. And it can be very subtle, you know, um, for better or worse, you know, subliminal messaging and advertising and, and, and television and all this sort of programming that surrounds us in our world. Like it can it can nurture the the bad seeds as well as nurture the good seeds right. inside of us and both right. seeds exist you know right. and so i think as artists at least the kind of artist i want to be and it seems the kind of artist you want to be is the one who nurtures those good seeds those seeds right. of awakening the seeds of consciousness um and that is a beautiful interesting process that not going to show its results overnight you know no. what i mean because you have, you have to live life. Um, there's no nobody's perfect. Yeah, so man. There's gonna, there's gonna be moments and times where I slip and fall, but I can. I made the space now where I can step back and be like, "Why did I do that?" Mm-hmm. Kind of reflect on it. Like, what what was the reason for that? And then I can either transmute that into like meditation or talking to a friend or talking to my therapist or putting my art. Um, yeah, man. But that's what I'm trying to create too. Is like. When I eventually when I become a art therapist, I can let them know like, don't beat yourself up. You're on a con- consistent and continuous journey of learning yourself, but also giving yourself grace. Um, yeah, pat yourself on the back and know that you're doing all right. Um, this is just part of like life. Um, we're all just figuring it out. We're all just yeah. going through like through life, just trying to find our purpose or our alignment, whatever it needs to be in this realm and just understand that you're going to be okay. You yeah. Know? I think sometimes that's that just letting someone know that right there mm. can change everything for them, mm. you know, like just as, you know, holding that space and just letting them know genuinely with your open heart that like, it's going to be all right, you know? Right. Right. Um, and you're going to make through these things and we're growing all together. And, mm-hmm. you know, that can automatically help people feel less alone. Cause I do think we've, we speak, it's, you know, people talk about this all the time, um, at least in various forms of media, you hear this conversation happening more and more just about the increasing sense of isolation that arises in our culture. And it's so paradoxical to the fact of our 
deep interconnectivity through these virtual networks we've created. It's like we are more connected and yet and more disconnected in the same moment than ever before. And so, um, but hearing from human to human, like from your voice in resonance, in space, in time, in that moment, you're going to be all right, you know, and everything's going to be okay, can change everything for somebody, you know, so that's an incredible message. Yeah, I think like designing, designing your own story is more important than trying to compare your story to other people. I Mm -hmm. think that's a lot, a lot is happening with the digital media that we have now with like TikTok and certain YouTubes like vlogging all the time. I'm not saying these things are bad, but you're definitely comparing your story to their story. Cause even you, you might be having a good time, but then you'll see somebody else having a better time. You're like, am I up to par with what I need to be doing? So now you yeah. extra stuff to match them instead of living your journey. Your journey can be more powerful than theirs, but you don't know what's going on behind closed doors with their story. Yeah. They can, well, they could just be doing it for the camera, and then when they get home, they might they might be depressed. You, you exactly. Don't, you, don't, you don't know. Um. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like your point you made earlier. It's like you just never know what someone's dealing with, and to and like you said, like offer them grace, mm. you know, and compassion, and the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Is like. It's so it's seemingly very simple to do, but for whatever reasons, like um, our egos like have this feeling of always wanting to be right and to know everything. Right. It's like yeah. I would say like the, what describes the mechanism of the ego is control. It's got to control everything. And like that's like a form of how it builds its sense of security and safety, you know. Um, but I think sometimes like that letting go of control is where actually you discover a deeper form of, of nurturing and safety mm-hmm. and like the grander scheme of the cosmic reality, you know, yeah. um, of time. And, yeah. um, it's, yeah, the comparison game is a deadly one, dude, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. because you can't understand fully what someone what someone's story really is. Like we can create like the highlight reel on Instagram, no that's easy you know right right but it doesn't say much about really who that person is in their depth Mm. you know and you have to realize that too but you know in a world where like we we magnetize and value uh successful people like we you know what i mean people who are in the highest levels of success we're like and and usually that success is defined i mean it. I would define success differently than the the mainstream culture does. I'm sure mm-hmm. you would, but in the mainstream, it seems that the definition of success seems to relate to material success, right. to um, money and notoriety. Um, mm. And it's a slippery slope. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you make <laughs> great points, man. You just got to be thankful, man. So, I know, dude. It's yeah. a slippery slope. So, you know, having this process where we can be conscious, where you can step back and be like, hmm, what's going on? Like you were saying, like, what's going on with myself? And like meditate on it and really contemplate, you know, sort of like why thing, why that happened the way it did. You know, like, why did I, why did I respond to my neighbor in that way over the such and such? Like, why? Like what was happening inside? And like being able to self-reflect. I mean, that is, that is a muscle we should all be able to flex, you know? It's it's very important. I think through my self-reflection, I've been able to like um, hone in and like 
kind of like tame my social anxiety because I, I never, I was like, why, why am I getting the, I know it's energetically in one element, but it's also what I've created stories that don't exist mm-hmm. in my head. And I, you can't stop that. It's, it's going, it's going to happen. Yeah. What, if you, you just get, get comfortable with uncomfortability, things can be more powerful than you think. Like for sure. Instead of being like, having all the ideas, who's going to be in there? Why are they going to be in there? Are they going to be looking at me? Just be like, all right, they're going to be in there. And just walk yeah. in. Yeah. It'll slowly fall off of you. Like, you'll, yeah. you'll feel anxiety. But then eventually, most of those people are not even paying attention to you. Exactly. They might look at you for like half a second. They're like, oh. And then I go back to who they're talking to. So exactly. you gotta, I think that's what, what helped me a lot. Just not trying to create a space where I'm with people, going out places by myself. So when I'm with people, it's easy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because if you go out places by yourself, you really got to deal with it by yourself. It's mm-hmm. like you're in the thick of it. There's, um, you're in a, going to a restaurant. Just go in. It's gonna be yeah. loud. It's gonna be everything. Just you're gonna you're gonna get all all the feelings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, anxiety, man. Anxiety, anxiousness, uh, happiness, excitement. All of it. You're gonna be overwhelmed. But then just find your spot to sit. Talk to the the bartender, the server, whatever, and just get your food. It's gonna calm down. Exactly. You want to calm down. Then you're going to be like, why was I so anxious, man? What, what, <laughs> what was the point of me just overwhelming yeah. myself in the crib for two hours when I could have left the hour ago? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. So. No, it's interesting. Like this idea that things, things will change. Like that's something I feel like we can always rest on is that the, in the fact of infinite change. Mm. Um, and that even in a moment of anxiety and nervousness, that's going to pass too. Um, and I think what makes it tricky is when you attach to those feelings so much and identify with them so much that they kind of like take you for this ride that you didn't really sign up to go on. Right. Um, you mentioned meditation. I'm curious if you have uh, like a formal meditation practice, but I think about this a lot in terms of like meditative instructions that you get and formal meditation practices is shifting uh how you're identifying with what's happening. You know what I mean? Like stepping into that witness consciousness where you can feel the energy of the anxiety, but that doesn't mean, and you can acknowledge it, there's anxiety, but there's not like a, such an identification with it that there isn't that spaciousness there. Um, and to me, that that has been such an important thing to cultivate is like this, this sense of space between the consciousness that witnesses that's aware that knows they're aware in these moments and the feeling, the sensation, the thought streams themselves. Is this Mm. something that's been a part of your journey? Like doing like uh, mindfulness meditation or cultivating like formal meditative practice, or has it become sort of your own process that you've sort of created and cultivated over the years? I think it's become my own process. Um, When I lived in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, I would ride the train um, to my house and my house is kind of far from the train. So either I would listen to music and walk home. And I think that was very meditative for me just to like walk and look around because the area I lived was very um, like foresty and like mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of like greenery and stuff like that. So I kind of just like took in the environment and just listened to music or also I wouldn't listen to music and kind of just uh, reflect in my mind. Yeah. How was your day? How you, how you doing, man? Just talking to myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might, might say that is weird, but I think that helps just to like give yourself space for yourself. Like, you for sure. Yeah. Um, or even um now, like a lot of times before I go to sleep, I kind of like lay on the bed and just almost empty thought, just, mm-hmm. just sit there and just 
whatever pops in, just like give it space to either like go in or out, or just kind of like, okay, well, well, what what is that about? Mm-hmm. Just, that's that okay, and just kind of like I guess let my my mind just filter a little bit. Yeah, but I think if if you don't do that, that's why you go in and out of sleep because your mind is constantly going. Mm-hmm. So give yourself time to like just filter through your day, especially if you like out all day. Just yeah. like lay down and just let, let things pop in and out. Oh, that was cool. That uh, I didn't really like that going on. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Just let things just go in and out. Yeah. And it's very meditative just to like let those thoughts be thoughts. Um, yeah. I just, and, and I think there's a study on this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure like all our thoughts are not our own. Mm-hmm. So we can harbor on, um, thinking on everything oh why did i think about that you, you gotta like thoughts they're just thoughts <laughs> as, as as hard it might be hard to like really like get into that space to think about it but we're, we're collective consciousness like we're all in this as a yes i believe so some some thoughts might be random as hell and you're like why did, why did i think <laughs> like where the hell did that come yeah, from? yeah but, but it might be your neighbor you know what i'm saying yeah. it might be from way down somewhere else you man so you just got to make space to be like, all right, oh, that was just thought. This is this is what I'm thinking now. Okay, cool. Just let it be a process. Um, yeah, process of understanding and just you you you're your own um, experiment, pretty yes. much. Like, uh, you're just figuring it out, but also you dictate also what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. You got to make space for that and just be present as much as possible in the understanding of your your soul your your uh true essence yes man I think that, that'll make you the best person you could be in the good or bad your duality of yourself man so. yeah no that's a that's so beautiful man and it's so important like and i like how like you're you're illustrating that process for yourself and mm. the the thought that came to my mind as you're doing that is like that that sense of curiosity toward your thoughts like this yeah. sort of like loving compassionate curiosity like what is, where did that come from like not being so like judgmental over the thoughts right. and and attributing like you're like you're also pointing out like the thoughts aren't don't equal you you know what i mean right. like you are not your thoughts the thoughts are this other thing that's happening through you that you can witness that you can grab hold of but ultimately like when you have enough space in the mind um, where the thoughts aren't so inundating and unraveling that you can't even orient yourself. But when you have enough of that spaciousness, then you have the power to choose which thought to apply and which one to let it flow by, you know? And that's like the choice we have, you know, like you don't, you can't necessarily choose what kind of thoughts you're going to have because like you're pointing out, and I would agree with this too, like thoughts are like existent and we, they come through us um, through various means, like we don't, they don't belong to us. We didn't create them. They're existing, but we have a choice to implement them and use them. And so like developing that spaciousness in the mind where the thoughts don't just overwhelm you, but they become just stimulus. Like, like, um, a lot of Zen Buddhists, you know, refer to thoughts in the same way you look at a cloud in the sky or a bird flying through the sky it's like the sky is the mind is the consciousness Mm. and the clouds and the birds and the planes and all that those are those are like forms that are flying in and out of consciousness and no matter what those clouds may be you know violent storms or clear skies like the sky is still present 
right. you know, yeah. holding those things. Um, but it's, it's a, that's a practice. It's, it's hard to do at first because we've been habituated to identify so much with our thinking patterns as being who we are right. um, and judging ourselves based on the quality of thoughts we have. But once you can let go of that story and you can shift your relationship to your thoughts, it, it changes the whole game, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so I love like you're talking about at night is a way to just let it filter out, you know, like to let it's like, it's almost like sometimes I visualize like when I'm meditating that I have like these two doors on the sides of my temples or windows <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all I do is just open them yeah. and I just let whatever comes through, find its way out on the other side. And in between, I don't try to hold on to it. I don't try to grab it. I just right. let them, let it flow through. Right. Um, and that's and been really this- important. I have this phrase that I, uh, I came up with, uh, I want to say maybe 12, 13 years ago. Um, it is, it stuck with me. Um, I say, I'm a soul in a shell with a story to tell. <laughs> That's my little phrase, man. So yeah, let me push through, especially in the height of my, um, when my mental health was kind of shaky. Um, mm-hmm. it, it kept me grounded. Um, yeah. cause I, I was like, what is going on? Like what, why, why am I, am I getting these visions? Why, why am I hearing these things? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I need, I needed to have some form of understanding. And that phrase kept me um, grounded in addition to my art, because I was able to like take that phrase and translate it into like making art um, mm-hmm. very powerful um, for me, just as I built my career, because I will have shows at the, at the beginning of um I guess my career just doing shows and stuff like galleries wouldn't really put my artwork because it was like a mixture of like, um, I guess street art and just like just different elements, abstract and that. So I would have uh, art shows at skate shops because they just, they resonated with me. But the cool thing about it, people will walk in, it'd be like a a 10 year old kid, but then a six year old person would come in. They both would like just stare at my work. I'm like, okay, there's, there's something going on that that is beyond me. I'm doing it, but that, that, that's my story is resonating with people just in their way. Yeah. Even though they don't don't know what's going on and what I'm going through, it it makes sense to them. Um, And that really pushed me to keep, keep um, just figuring out me as a person, molding myself to to the best person I can be, but also telling my story through art. Yeah it's impactful and hit and healing me and keeping me going, but also is it resonate with other people in a certain way that they want to buy art for me, which is awesome. Yeah. People don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I remember the, the old guy that came in he just walked through the skate shop and he, st- he just stood there a, a strong 15 minutes. I had all the pieces up and he's like, all oh, these for sale. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how much? I was like, I haven't really truly priced them. He's like, I'll be back. He he came back with like a very hefty check. And he's like, I'm taking these down. I'm like, okay. Wow, man. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm, I'm like, it, that was one of the most, especially like during that time I, I was going through it, man. So that just let me know, like, you, like we talked about earlier, you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, just keep going. Your art is your, your, your foundation. Mm-hmm. And lucky I stayed on my, my path because I know what I've been through is going to help me help other people get to where yep. you know what I'm saying? Definitely, dude. Definitely. You know, it's um because, and that, because what it does, I feel is when you're a human who's really been through it, who's really mm-hmm. had, 
who's gone through those dark times and those confusing times and have found a way to emerge out of them stronger, more connected, more conscious. Like you're holding an energy resonance that, um, that people can feel. And that in itself, that signature of your energy is going to help them be more comfortable opening, you know, and trusting because you don't want to traverse a terrain that with someone who's never been there, you know, that's, what's the point? Like now you're both, it's like the blind leading the blind, Right. you know what I mean? Like you want to be, you want to be in this process of healing, especially when you're engaging with another person to help facilitate that someone who, who, you know, deeply has been there, you know, has been to these dark places, has been in these confusing moments where their sense of identity was unraveling on them. And, um, but yet found their way through, you know, um, that's, I mean, I was, uh, for me, um, I was blessed enough, like even in the the hardest times in the midst of it, um, I guess universe or whatever you want to call God, um, gave me space to be aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get too lost in it. Cause some people without help or just like people being on their side, they just, they, they lose themselves fully, you know, or they, yeah. they, don't, they don't know how to like tap in back to this reality. So, I've always had this thing where I knew it was going on. I just didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could, but then that space, I did like a lot of research to like, what's going on with me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went through that, that yeah. pattern, like trying to self-diagnose or whatever you want to call it. But I didn't go to the space of like diagnose myself fully. I didn't go to yeah. Google and say, I, I went more the route of like understanding the mind. So I started looking up books by Carl Jung. Yeah. I started, doing like spirituality uh uh seminars um through like youtube and stuff it's like what what is this you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. what i'm not lost but the, i'm i'm different and I, if yeah. i tell people they might see me in a different light so i got to keep some of this stuff to myself mm-hmm. but i definitely want to figure out what's going on cuz I'm, um, I'm i'm present but also there's certain things that are happening around me that um i can't really explain to other people fully yeah. um, putting full judgment on even if they said it didn't judge without me having like a, a vocabulary or how to articulate to them the right way they can go behind my back but jesus kind of what's something going on with him you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so I, wanted, I wanted to figure it out kind of a little bit for myself so i think that actually helped me also create a foundation because then also i would see certain things and it was in my art and i'm like okay <laughs> like I'm on the right path. Like this, yeah. I just gotta like cultivate it. I gotta just make space for myself. Um, but before I even I knew about therapy, but not in the sense of like go for myself. But yeah, but I knew enough to like art was making me keep everything in control. Um mm-hmm. and just having like good solid uh parents and um friends who understood I was just a very sociable introvert. Um mm-hmm. so that they never judge if i left the the party too early or anything like that and just having like a solid crew of friends understanding just g is g but then as i went through my healing journey in the last couple of years and kind of told people what was going on they're like oh but like we're so proud of you because how did you yeah. even do that while yeah. you were working i'm like i don't know yeah at the same time like i did it you know what i'm saying yeah man yeah it, it, that's a beautiful thing man it's um it's inspiring, I'm sure, especially for those people that are close to you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I'm sure it's so tough to be dealing with things that you feel like you can't really communicate with others because they just can't understand right. what the experiences that you were having were like. And, right. um, but through your art is a way to communicate, you know, right. it's a way to communicate in some level, like what was, what's going on with you. You know what I mean? And then like, you're saying like how you're seeing the sync up between, certain things happening interiorly and then certain things that come through unconsciously in your art. That's mm -hmm. always a powerful thing. Right. Um, I love Carl Jung and this uh, notion of like synchronicity, mm -hmm. like where like these moments happen on it, you know, sometimes it happens daily or every other week or even just on, on a whim where it's just like the alignment of like the moment, the thought, the experience are like all echoing each other. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. And right. anytime I have those experiences, to me, it's like a sign of like, you're on the right path. It's like, right. bing, welcome, right. you know, welcome back. You know, you're moving in the right direction. You know, this is a signpost to say like, keep going, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Carl Jung's work has been really influential for me too. Are you familiar with uh, Joseph Campbell and like how he was inspired by Carl Jung to look at like mythology? Like, look no. at, oh man, this yeah. is something you're probably going to love. But definitely uh, send me some uh, books or whatever. When yeah, we he's got some really, really big, um, sort of well-known books for people who are interested in this stuff. It's like well-known relative, you know, mm. but like uh, he has this one, he, a lot of his work is around the hero's journey and like the archetypes of the hero's journey. And how we see that in mytholo mythological stories across the globe, across time, mm -hmm. which is really your story, you know, mm -hmm. Julius, it's, it's our story. It's everyone's real story. We're all the hero in our own story and the hero's got to go into, got to go slay the dragon. You know what I mean? Right, right, gotta right. Got to go deep into the cave and slay the dragon, confront right. the right. ego, you know, and tame it and put mm -hmm. it in its place, so to speak. Um, and it's really fascinating. Like what Joseph Campbell did is he like, he looked at, you know, the mythology of like the Indus Valley and the Vedic culture, looked mm -hmm. at mythology of the Aboriginal culture, what's happening in East Asian culture and what's happening in, uh, various parts of Africa, like West African or East African cultures, you know, and like these stories that they're telling, even, you know, in like Eastern European or South American, like he basically mapped out the mythology of the entire globe and right. revealed that everyone is telling the same story. Mm. And it's just, it's really fascinating. And he was inspired a lot by Carl Jung and thinking about the archetypes of the unconscious. And so um, I like to think about these things a lot, these stories we're telling. I mean, you were speaking to this idea of like having, you know, um, what you said, it's a, a, a soul in a shell with a story to tell. You right. know what I mean? Like right. Right. we have, we all are telling this, our individual stories, but at the same time telling this big collective story, you know? And I think one of the things that, one of the, symptoms of our current cultural condition right now the symptom of like ignorance and separation and ego identity taking the forefront i think relates to our our divorce from our ancestral wisdom traditions and from our our history our deep history um and i see these this reinsurgence of of consciousness spirituality even like psychedelic experiences um as being like sort of the beginning point of tapping back into something we've forgotten 
um, about where we came from, like who we really are and and what's really encoded in our DNA, you know, on the deepest level. Um, Do you ever think about these things too, about like ancestral wisdom and like how it's trying to find a voice to speak through us in these trying times? Oh, definitely. So um, we came from a lineage. So like we're, all it's all through us, you know what I'm saying? Like our DNA is from our parents, our parents, our parents, however far we came from. Yeah, we're gonna have elements of pain that we don't understand, elements of joy we 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 we're, we're excited to have but don't fully understand. Um, so I think it's all like intertwined, mm-hmm. just like I guess decoding um certain realms, if that makes sense. Um. They're still, I guess they're, in my opinion, they're still around, but just not in the the visual visual form. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't get things uh, figured out. We're, we're, we're still part of them. So we're we're doing part of the, the work through our journey um, to help the whole lineage, like you said, yes. come together yeah. and create space of like healing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the number one thing. Love, uh, compassion, and healing are some of the most powerful elements that we have in this world. And, um, we need to take time to like, appreciate those more. Yeah. Um, Not just for like, uh, benefit, which love can be a very, um, trying word. I think love takes, uh, uh, what's the word love takes, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Love takes words. (laughs) Oh, but it it takes, um, commitment. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Love takes Mm -hmm. commitment. Uh, over just like just saying it you know what i'm saying yes. if you love somebody it's going to be ups and downs it's going to be moments you be like i don't like this person but you mm-hmm. can still love them yes um, exactly uh, so is it is it commitment within the compassion uh and your purpose and your in your truth finding your your truths that works works for you man is is some of the most powerful things we can do Definitely, man. Yeah. Like the term love gets thrown around so much. And a lot of times it it gets roped into this notion of like romantic love. But like when I think of what love is, which I think is really undefinable in a lot of ways, but like there are attributes to it that are when I, when, when you see true love, you know what I mean? Real deep love. It's, it's a way of being, it's like an energetic like signature or like way of being, but it's also that way of being in the form of an action, you right. know what I mean? It's right. like, love is an action. It's like you, you express your love through how you do everything really, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's how you can really express your love for someone. Of course we can say beautiful words, you know, of love. And those are great, but I think love is something that is shown, you know, right. through the way you carry yourself, through the way you act in the world. And, um, I see love everywhere I go, man. I see it mm-hmm. all the time. And I think everything that is sort of like controlling this, con- you know, cultural like place of fear and anxiety and uh, hate is all a distraction. It's like it makes it feel like that's all there is. But like you can see love everywhere you go. Well, I go for a walk right now in my neighborhood and I'm going to see a million examples of love all around me. But it's but you also have to have the eyes to see it, you know what I mean? To recognize it. And usually that stems from a clear mind, you know, right. Right. Uh, a clear mind that's not attached to its own um, idea about the way things are, you know? Um, and I just think that I keep coming back to this idea of storytelling, you know, and 
right here, this whole conversation we're having right now, we're telling a story, you know, right. and we're all, we're all a part of it, you know? And, um, I think the more that we can bring our stories together and realize that like each piece, like my story and your story belong perfectly together in the bigger story. And we can appreciate each other on that level. It's, um, it creates the possibility to build a future that we can't even imagine right now. That's just, you know what I mean? Beyond yeah, what we could ever conceive. Because we, we have different perspectives. So we're both giving each other information. So we're, we're getting, um, information stored through our conversation that will shift how reality is. Definitely. And that's powerful. So every conversation gives you more, I, I believe more awareness and more, um, empathy and, um, openness because, you're you're getting all these different um ways of thinking. Yeah. And so judgment hopefully becomes a a side note. Um mm -hmm. you're able to you're gonna judge people who say they don't judge, you're lying. We all judge. Yeah. Yep. Because in our, our natural fashion, we're gonna judge because we want comfortability in our in our story. So we're gonna if that person looks a certain way, we're gonna be like, they're gonna create an idea, they blah, blah, blah. But then once you talk to them, that's when you can pull pull back the layers and say, okay, they're not what I thought they were. And you can shift accordingly. Like they might be down the line, but you decide that as you get to know them, you yeah. don't predict or whatever. And then as you build, you decide, okay, they, I, I, they can rock in my, in my story or, or they can't. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, well, judgments, you know, it's like, it's just like what we were talking about earlier with thoughts. Like it's another thought. You know, and, and it's a natural thought, like, you know, like we need to have some form of judgment around our environment to make a decision to, you know, so for even just like base survival, right? Like, yeah, but, yeah, fight or flight. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like if we just think about like it from like an evolutionary or biological perspective, like we have to be able to discern and judge whether this is safe or not safe. You know, right. we have right. to be able to make a judgment about like, is that a bird rustling in the bush or is that a lion rustling in the bush? Right, right, like, right, how do right. I, you know, so like judgment is encoded as a part of like how we operate in the world. But like back to what we've talked about earlier, it's like the identification with those thoughts or with those judgments is the, is the game changers when you cannot identify with them and notice them. Oh, there's a judgment. I'm judging this person. Then that judgment doesn't do harm. You know what I mean? It's when the judgment is unconscious that it does harm. Um, and I think we need more than ever to move in a space where we can stop hurting each other, right. you know? Right. Um, and I think that begins with us individually, you know, taking responsibility for our own consciousness, for our own evolution and to be able to reach out for help, you know, yeah. when we need it. Um, people like you, man, I know that, you know, I'm super, I'm super grateful to know you in this way, Spare. even for an Spare. hour, you know, like, and to get to know you even virtually and hopefully continue to get to know you because, you know, I like think that the journey you're on, not only as an artist, but as a healer, as like, you know, the wounded healer of souls, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that shaman almost for others, like when you're ready and the time's right and you're going to be there to hold space, you're going to help a lot of people on their journeys, you know, and um, that to be able to commit yourself to that kind of path is, is really inspiring, you know, because I know you'll continue to make your own work, but also on the, uh, the other wing of your practice is going to be to hold space and help people on their journeys and um, 
just appreciate your voice, man, and appreciate you taking time today to talk with me and share share your wisdom and share your thoughts. And um, for everybody out there, you got to check out the infamous Jean-Claude on Instagram. He's got a oh, website with his work. You got to check out, he does a lot of album art. So any of you artists out there need album artwork, whatever, anything, just be in touch with what he's up to. I have all the links in the show notes. Um, Julius G, infamous Jean-Claude, I appreciate you so much. Appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you more um, in the future, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Yeah, for sure. Have a good one, man. Peace. Yeah, you too. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment, uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on, and uh, get, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. I'm sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.